to Internet Marketing for Humans, digestible internet marketing insight and advice to help you grow your business. Hello and welcome back to Internet Marketing for Humans. I'm your host, Andrew Laws. And if you've been listening to the podcast before, well, first of all, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. If you're completely new to this podcast, you might be surprised that not all the things we talk about are strictly related to digital marketing and SEO. And today might be one of those episodes. I also use this podcast to kind of gather towards me interesting people I meet on my my travels around the web and my travel. I don't want to say my travels around the business world because it, 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 I'm not that kind of guy. I'm, I don't think I am. Anyway, I was chucking my uh, my net, as it were, my virtual net around LinkedIn a few months ago, and somebody called Jill responded to me, and we started speaking. None of this, of course, is revolutionary yet. And um, we, I think we, it's safe to say we, we found common ground fairly, fairly swiftly. Now, before we get on to that, Jill, I'd like you to introduce yourself and just, just give us a... Do you have an elevator pitch you could give us about oh yourself? Oh, my goodness. No, I stopped doing those years ago. Um, well, that's I, interesting I, in <laughs> itself. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a bit of a networking tart, so I did have a perfect um, pitch uh, for various businesses because I run a stationary business. I've got properties abroad that we rent out. We've got um, – oh, I'm a business coach by day, um, but basically my passion um, that is all-consuming for me now is a community that um, I founded – and look after. I'm like a mother hen, uh, which is Collaboration Global. So uh, my pitch, if anything, is I want to teach the world to collaborate. Cracking. That's absolutely a great start. Now, I've, I've just learned some things about you in the last few seconds that, that I didn't know. <laughs> so you're, you're a, a business coach by day, you say. What, what, what kind of, what, what, why did you gravitate towards that? Or did it choose you? I think some it, coaches have chosen. Yeah. No, it chose me. Ironically, I used to be a teacher um, and I, I said I wanted a terms break uh, because it was very, very stressful. And mm. I take my hat off to all teachers out there. It's, it's a really tough gig. Um, and whilst I had a terms break, my husband said, well, while you're not working, you might as well come and work for me. And I said, well, I'll work with you, but I won't work for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I realised I quite like business. Um, and we worked really, really well together. And we kind of sat down and worked out whether he did this bit and I did that bit. And we actually gelled really, really well. So I said, come on, let's get a business coach and see what we can do with this. So we hired a business coach. And after about a couple of months, this guy said to me, Jill, how many businesses have you helped in the last few weeks? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, people are coming to me telling me how much you've helped them. And fantastic. Well done. He said, but why don't you get paid for it? And I'm like, uh, you mean I could do that? I just thought I was being nice and helping people. Um, and ultimately, where I'd been in business, as we'd started our business together, me and my husband, uh, we'd learned an awful lot together. And I was just sharing what I'd known from my experience. Then, of course, you go on the journey of, um, I'm going to learn everything I know about coaching. I'm going to learn everything I know, you know, and you kind of absorb everything. And I was sitting on a coaching academy course once, thinking to myself, that lady needs to sit down so I can take her place. Oh, wow. She does, she's obviously never run a business. <laughs> it's just she was telling me the theory, but not the actual practice of what it was mm. like. So Steps to Success was born, very corny title, but it still exists now. Um, and it's all roundabout communications, relationship, hence why I got very much into networking. Got blessed to travel the world because of networking, and I got to speak in amazing places like Los Angeles, Spain, um, Sri, uh, Sri Lanka, not Sri Lanka, Singapore, Malaysia, um, and Reading, great place, Reading. Um, <laughs> I did a lot over there. So I was, yeah, it was a great learning ground for me to get out there and, and understand what my pitch was and all those kind of things. But 
there was a little something missing. Um, and as much as I loved doing what I was doing, it wasn't enough because most of it's one-to-one if you do mm. coaching with anyone. Um, and maybe a little group coaching. And I did some forums and we got people together. But it wasn't until I met a guy back in 2012 who was on a real mission. He was angry at the world. You know, this is wrong and that's did you know where money comes from? And, and do you know what the education system is broken and the political system? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Actually, well, I kind of, yeah, I, I did know this, but I didn't know it as much as you do. I'm not as angry as you. So what's the solution? This is what I'm always focused on. What's the solution? Yeah. And he said, well, if people were to collaborate properly, move away from fear, scarcity, competition, and move towards love, connection, and abundance, the world would be a better place. So then my brain goes, how would that look? I like this because that's <laughs> I shouldn't to interrupt, but the the, feroc- yeah. the ferocity kind of coupled with the love and abundance. <laughs> is, no, it's it's great. It's a brilliant thing. Some of the most passionate people I know are passionate, almost angry. The, mm. yeah, but angry. They're, we have um, I've got friends who well, people I work with who class themselves as quite what we call a narco. So sort of neither <laughs> neither left or right, but just right. kind of. Sent you know uh, uh, individual power based. God, I didn't think the conversation would take this tack, but <laughs> but the, but the classic sign off for these kind of my sort of anarchist friends is love and rage. Oh, because it's yeah, it's, it's kind of fits. it does it fits. So you you met this guy and he was full of love and rage. Indeed, and. Um, so we got together and we started having the conversations we were saying earlier about having interesting conversations. They were deep and meaningful. And we invited people to these conversations and people were like, this is brilliant. So how do we join? And we're like, uh, there's nothing to join. Um, let, let's turn it into a meeting. And before we knew it, we had groups in Surrey and Essex and London and Liverpool and you know, Hartford, you name it. There were people that were meeting once a month to kind of have these conversations about how to collaborate, how to improve yourself, how to connect with other people more efficiently, how to grow your business, how to be the best you that you can be. Um, and, and so we grew and it was fantastic. And it was like, so my mission was about let's teach people, bearing in mind my old profession. It's much easier to teach adults because you don't have to worry about crowd control. <laughs> well, hopefully fun. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes. Um, but it was, it was just brilliant. So we had this kind of army of people that were passionate about what they were doing and really keen to make an impact. And the quickest way you can make an impact is to get together with other people who are passionate about the same things as you. Hmm. So rather than have a group that was all about education, we had a group that was passionate about lots of different things. And within that group, two or three might go, I'm really passionate about education. Go, great, off you go. What do you need? How can we help? Let's support you. And then people were creating new businesses. They were creating new workshops. They were creating new courses. They were taking it into schools. They were taking it into new markets. And it just was bubbling and bubbling under. Um, And then it got to the stage where my partner was um, a bit too angry and not so much of a love um and he was kind of um we were, we were going kind of like that uh he he wasn't sorry, jill just made the hands slightly separating <laughs> yes no sign language is there sorry yeah so we were going on the same path we wanted to make an impact we wanted to let people know about collaboration but he was going at it from the shock and awe and i was going at it from the let's have a hug and help each other mm. and they weren't quite gelling so we were slowly the parallel lines were getting wider and wider um so it was really interesting that around about last November, we, we sort of split and he took what was B collaboration and B collaboration was started because of the B of who are you being, um, what's the essence of who you are. 
Um, and, I, and he took that and I created a new name, which was Collaboration Global, which to me just says what it does on the tin. You know, we are a global mm. organisation. We've got people from all around the world that join us and we all want to make an impact and we all want to make a better world. And it sounds very cheesy and a bit cliche, but basically it's what you want to do. And ultimately, every time we meet, the goal is to make an impact and somebody in the room, somebody that goes, oh, I never saw it like that before. Wow. Oh my God, I'm going to do that. That's brilliant. I love that. Even down to how you and I met when you shared something that's made an impact on my life in two, two minutes flat. I was trying to remember how that came about. Um, so what, what, we're, what we're alluding to here yeah. is um, I read a book a few months ago called The Miracle Morning, which is it's a very well-known book. And for some reason, I felt compelled to tell Jill about it. I would say and, the universe compelled you, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you read it. <laughs> Unusually oh. for kind of a, a business kind of rec- book recommendation, you read it. Indeed. And I don't normally do that. I mean, most books people recommend to me, go, yeah, yeah, I know about that one, that's fine. I know about this I hadn't heard of. But it was the subtle way that you just said, try it out. It's quite good. I find it really useful. It was no... Mm. It was no um, you know, you've got to go to Tony Robbins and unleash the power within because he's going to transform your life. Mm, is he though? Really? Um, <laughs> well, this was just so subtle. So I went and read the book and it literally has transformed my life. So however many weeks ago that was, probably beginning of August, hmm. I've now been getting up jolly early. And I'm, I'm considering I had a networking um, organisation, I helped to run a networking organisation that got up at silly o'clock every day and I hated it every single hmm. day, but I did it. Now I'm waking up naturally around about half past five, um, and, have, and going, wow, I've got all this time to myself, so I have a quality me time before I even start thinking about work and the day ahead. It's just brilliant. So I always thank you for that. A you're you're welcome. I think that this is one of kind of the, uh, the things I think we found common ground on fairly soon. I, um, I've never done well with kind of the business advice of you must, because mm. my first reaction is, but I don't want to. And it almost becomes, I don't care what you're trying to say. I, I'm not going to do it just because you've insisted yeah. that this is going to change my life. And I don't believe anyone can know me that well. If I don't know what I'm doing half the time, how's somebody else going to kind of... <laughs> Tell me, and that—that's probably why you know I'd like to be able to claim that I was intelligent enough to to phrase it in a certain way when I recommended mm. the book. But I think it's probably just the way I think. I don't know what's good for you, but it's useful for me. You know, I think that's, that's... this is it because we're all so different, and I hundred percent agree with you. When somebody's waggling their finger at me, going, "You really should do this," it's the should word or mm. the must. You know, like really, why? And I just don't. I'm automatically putting up my defences because it's like prove it. Why, yeah. why is it, you know, so to be able to have somebody that just sort of threw it out with the saying, it's really worked for me. I'm like, oh, okay. So now I'm open. You, you did it in such an open way. And I think because you've gone and illustrated it and maybe a year ago, I'd have gone, oh, no, I'm a morning person. I can't change. But over the years, I've learned so much to be open about what is possible. Yeah. And in our world, you know, we, we live in this, in the collaboration global world, we live in a space of love, connection and abundance. And when you're living in abundance, anything is possible. It's, it's really, yeah, it, it just kind of blows your mind the possibilities of let's stop war, let's stop hunger, let's stop, you know, um, homelessness. Everything is possible, uh, but it's just getting people alongside to say, have you thought of it this way? And everyone has to make up their own mind. It's like you can't inherit your faith. If you want to have a spiritual awakening, you can't get your mum to tell you what it's like. You know, you've mm. got to go and do it for yourself. Yeah, um, so so part of it sounds like it's kind of building an informal team where each person has their own strengths and and 
so, so I've got so just a few kind of mecha- almost mechanical questions about the the uh, collaboration groups. When you get together, do you have? Are you like some groups like BNI that don't allow two people in the same industry oh, or? Not at all. Not at all. That's the whole um, thing that used to wind me up about BNI because um, usually, so this is the guy that I started with in 2012 who had all these wonderful ideas. Um, he was a business coach. So technically we should have avoided each other. You know, you're a business coach. If I go and talk to you, you might steal my ideas. You might steal my IP. You might possibly steal my clients. Oh, shock horror. You know, isn't that coming from a place of scarcity? ultimately a space of fear all because negative place exactly and all because we've been set up over our lifetime to be in competition with each other in essence if you look back at your life we're conditioned into competition in a negative way it's not a good competition it's a negative competition so at school if you help someone with the homework oh oh you're cheating that's not it's not seen as collaboration helpful. It's a, it's a bad thing. That sounds so, so brilliantly obvious just hearing you say it like that. Yeah, and it, it's just these subtle things have come along the way that we haven't even realised. So for me, to work with other business coaches has been brilliant because you know what? We all say that we do this and this and this and this and this. But in reality, we love doing that bit. Not so keen on doing that bit over there. So why would you not get together with another business coach that loves doing the bit you don't like doing that much? So your client gets the best of both of you. Okay, you don't get the full gig, you don't get all the money, but actually you've got more time to get another client to do what you love to do. In my experience, it kind of floats around anyway. I mean, in SEO, I, I don't know what it's like elsewhere in the country, but locally, we we are naturally not competitive with each other. There, there's I'm an independent and there's there's a bunch of other independents mm. and we all talk to each other. We, I mean, we talk to each we help each other out on a, on a personal level That's with cool. things, not not just kind of work related. In fact, as I was glancing over, as, as my friend Dan, who who I collaborate with, and he is technically a um, a competitor, yeah. but I know he's really good at some of the things I kind of suck at. So exactly. I like speaking to him and he was just explaining an issue he's having with me and I gave him my perspective based on the fact that my story and my experience is, is quite different to his. And mm. that was it really. It, it, it should be quite a natural thing. I would hope other, I'd hope like dentists are all nice to each other. Mm. I'd hope, I'd like to think that, that all industries would, because I've got clients in industries who are, almost viciously secretive and non-collaborative and yeah. oh, I've got such a brilliant story I just can't put on a podcast I'll, I'll oh, tell you and I'll tell you uh, oh well, I can let me try and make it vague I was somewhere <laughs> yes I was somewhere with a client and I saw something in a building <laughs> mm-hmm. which was very clever and I said that's very clever and the people who owned the building said you mustn't tell anyone about that that's top oh, secret oh no and I said, okay, fine. And when I left, I was speaking to my client. I said, that thing was clever. And my client said, yeah, we've seen hundreds of those. But that industry is so secretive that nobody will share or collaborate their, you know, but no one will pull their intelligence. So the whole industry yeah. is 20, 30 years behind oh, rest of the go. world. Because people yeah. are so terrified of having their, their fragile little grasp on, on well, it's on money really yeah yeah it's fear massive fear and ultimately it's already out there this stuff this knowledge this information is already out there you just got to go looking and Mm. and the unique selling point that most businesses have is the individuals that are in the business because they see things in their own unique way and that's that's the 
the way that you can differentiate yourself from your competition is because people that would want to work with me wouldn't necessarily want to work with another business coach that maybe would come at it from a, a different perspective. So you have to get to know the people that you're working with. I mean, one of my um, revelations recently is uh, the people that are working in fear as an industry is estate agents. Oh, oh really? I'm... Wow. It's so, to me, it's so obvious that if you've got somebody that's got a house to sell, why would you not share that around? And eventually everybody gets a little bit of something when you sell it. Yeah, this is, you know, saying about in SEO, how we collaborate, that is how it works. It all shares around. It gets to the stage mm. where, you know, obviously I do have to pay some people because they spend hours yeah. helping me. But a lot of the time, a casual comment or I just had a, had a phone call with someone who I do bits and bobs with a couple of nights ago. No money switched hands, but I mentioned something he wasn't aware of. He told me something I wasn't aware of because we're in a young industry where all the information that's publicly available is biased by the people who want to sell something associated with that information. Yeah, yeah. So in that, in that way, and there must be a lot of industries like that, that, that without collaboration and without sharing of ideas, we'd be stuck. Yes, we'd be exactly. completely stuck in the mud because we'd only be receiving biased, commercially-led intelligence, basically, mm. if we don't share yeah. our own findings with each other then nothing really progresses unless somebody somebody with a bank balance has said it can i do think that the world we live in now with social media that people are understanding that there should be collaboration going on it's a very much a in word at the moment for people to um you know grab hold of and i think my generation she said a baby boomer um have been, as I say, conditioned into this um, competitive world that they don't want to share stuff and they want to be protective of their IP. Where in reality, nowadays, you know, Wikipedia, everything is out there. Everything is already out there. You don't need to be protective of anything. Mm. You just need to build your, your brand and have the um, all of your um, knowledge and everything that you want to get out there, you know, package it up so that people can access it very, very easily. But I think um, the younger generation is so used to putting things out, their personal lives, everything out there on social media that you can guarantee it, it's always, it's, it's free flowing. So I would imagine going forward, people will start collaborating more effectively. The difference from my version of collaboration, because it's always a little bit different, isn't it? is that... that but that's what makes it great. That's what that's <laughs> what makes it unique and makes... That's why we're having this conversation. If I'd met a clone, we wouldn't be talking now. Exactly, exactly. So for me, collaboration is um, heart-led. Uh, it's not about financial, how much can I make out of this? It's not about let's you and me work together and we'll see how much more money we can make or we'll see what, what leverage we can get. Yes, there is all of that as well. But actually, what I've found over my last 6, 8, 10, 12 years of looking into this and doing the research that I have is that when three people get together, they create something almost by accident rather than design. They have a project they want to fulfill. They have an outcome they want to do. Yep, tick those boxes. But working together in their genius, when they're actually coming forward going, yeah, I can do that. I love doing that. Let me do that. I'm really good at that. And they're coming in that zone uh, and they have that project to fulfill. And accidentally, there'll be something else that three wonderful people that are generous with their time, have a generosity of spirit, have a sense of adventure, are creative, um, have a mindset for abundance, 
leave their ego at the door. They don't need to, I'm right, you're wrong. Come on, do it my way. There is no domination. There is no hierarchy. It's just three people having a great time doing their thing they love to do. And before you know it, something else has happened. They're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. That's brilliant. We could use that in the next project. Hey, should we do another one? And then we could do this. And, and before you know it, they've got stuff they can pay it forward. And that's what I love about it is that you take that knowledge, that extra magic, and then help somebody else. And, and you find someone else that is in need of that knowledge or that information or that support or whatever you've discovered. I'll give you an example. Um, when we first started up, uh, a guy came to us who was part of our community and, and he does like ISOs and um, uh, investors in people, all those kind of certifications. British standard and he said did you know it's a British standard in working collaborative relationships I know exactly that's what I said it's like you're you're an echo and I said didn't realize that he said would you like it I'm like yeah what do I have to do so we sat down and started working together oh my goodness this is not in my genius in any way shape or form it was so detailed it drove me crazy and he was really patient with me and he said right we need um, section two, subsection three, um, sub, subsection 24, look at page seven. I'm like, oh, you're killing me. This is awful. And we struggled on because it was going to be really valuable to us. And we wanted to have this. And then eventually somebody came along and said, Jill, do you want some help? Yes, please. And she had been very, uh, what was she, massive CEO or CFO or something in Amnesty International. She was an amazing lady. Um, and she basically listened to what he needed told me in Jill speak. So I just blurred to her and wrote down everything that was needed. And then she put it into the criteria and the sections that he needed. Bang, bang, bang. The three of us created something wonderful. So we sat down and we're being audited. And this auditor was like, yeah, this book and this book. And it it was three days of audit, right? So it was really agony. Are we going to get it? And and at one point he was like, "Mm, mm, oh, Hmm. Oh, I don't know. If, oh, I don't know if we can do that. I said, what, what, what was he said? Well, in a normal business, not that I'm saying your business isn't normal, but in, mm, in a normal business, he said, um, he said, what you're doing, he said, you're not, you're not ticking boxes. I'm like, Oh, what have we missed? He said, no, no. He said, other people tick boxes. What you're doing is above and beyond what we've got here. So I want to put what you've done into the standard and I haven't got a box for me to tick. <laughs> wow you've changed the world Jill <laughs> so basically he had to change the standards to accommodate what we were doing and about six months later they turned into the international standard wow. and we were one of the very first small companies because a couple of the big boys had done it but we were the our third company in the in the world to have the international standard for that that we had helped to mold and create that's so that's the magic. We couldn't, have, we couldn't have said, hey, let's do the British standard and see if we can change it for them, make mm. it better. That wasn't the objective, but that's what's the glory out. of the unintended consequences, isn't it? And oh, lovely, the, yeah. the, these things can't, can't happen unless you just keep chucking ingredients in the pot. Yeah. So I'm in, the, I'm in the mood for analogies today for some reason. Yeah, that works, that works. <laughs> but it, it's, you don't know, um, it's the open-mindedness and the creativity and that space of abundance and allowing people to get it wrong, allowing people to not be able to do it, but without any blame or shame or uh, recriminations. And we were in a very safe space, so we were able to really push ourselves out as far as we could go and that was the result but that's just one example and many many examples fantastic um, i just want to keep return to one word that you've said several times because mm. it has a very specific meaning to me but i just want to kind of hear hear your meaning of it and that's the word abundance because mm. i think in a capitalist capitalist sense it has one very specific meaning but for me abundance is is kind of like almost generosity of spirit 
is how I perceive it. What, what's your, when you're using the word, what, what's your... Do you know what? It has so many meanings, Andrew. It, it's just, we, we discuss it many, many times at our meetings and people come at it from so many different angles and every so often it's like, oh gosh, I never thought of it like that before. That's, that's pretty cool. In essence, it's um, who you're being. So sometimes you are being a business person and you put on the face and it's like, hey, and this is my pitch and this is fantastic and I'm being on, I'm very on and I'm being a business person. When you're living and being in abundance, it's this assurance and this confidence and this ability to share your best, share the best of who you are. And that can come in very many, it might be kindness, it might be caring, it might be financial, it might be knowledge, it might be experience. But when you've got it, it's something that you're prepared to share. So by, and it takes practice, you know, being in abundance isn't uh, the easiest thing in the world because we are taught actual opposite. There's not enough to go around. There's not enough food in the world. That's why people are starving. Actually, there is. Mm. There's a lot of, you know, it's all these kind of things that we've had ingrained into us that, you know, if we all acted as though there was enough to go around, there is actually enough to go around. One of the great quotes I love, and I, re- I have no apology in saying it again and again and again, Ricardo Semler, one day I want to meet this man. Um, he did a TED talk on um, about his business and, and his view on life. Um, if you get a chance to go and have a look at it, it's brilliant. But one of the quotes he comes up with, Ricardo Semler, S-E-M-L-A-R. Yeah, sorry, I'm just making that one. <laughs> C-A-R-D-O. S- Ricardo Semler. Oh, S- Ricardo, sorry. S-E-M-L-A-R. And in this TED cool. talk, he says, um, when people come to me and they say, um, I think it's Brazilian, can't do a Brazilian, Portuguese accent. Uh, when they come to me and they say, um, I've had a good life. I have, I've done well with my life. It is time for me to give back. I look at them square in the eyes and I say, you took too much in the first place. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you took too long, which I think is also, <laughs> also but, kind of valid, isn't it? But isn't this the space we live in? That, you know, it's like, well, when I've got enough, then I'll give something to you. Well, what's oh, enough? It's just a whole massive thing. There, there's... Uh, we're veering wildly away from internet marketing now, but it, it's it's a real thing for me that that with mindfulness, the the idea mm. that you you can't say I'll be happy when exactly. when I've got that many clients, I'll especially in business. When yeah. I've got that many clients, I'll be happy. When I've got that turnover, I'll be happy. I, you, you have to be happy now, exactly. right now. You can't you can't put it off. You you can't say you know there, there's a bar when i've reached that bar because what, what will happen is when you get to that point you're probably yeah. going to sail past it and not even notice it's there and then it will be oh, when you i know, get to that one i won't be happy till i've got a lotus <laughs> got a lotus when we have till i've got a porsche a ferrari yeah. till i own an island till i am god yeah, yeah. <laughs> which i was trying to think where'd you stop I, I can't think of anything unless i'm just not imaginative i can't think of anything that <laughs> Have Any human across... on earth couldn't do now. <laughs> no, I know. Absolutely. Have you come across Eckhart Tolle? No, I'm going to make a note of that one as well. Go on, how to spell yeah. that? E-C-K-H-A-R-T-T-O-L-L-E. And he's written a wonderful book called The... He's done loads. Check him out on YouTube. There's loads of stuff. Um, and he's written a book called The Power of Now. And now cool. is all we have. Yeah. And that's why no matter what's going on in our life, you and I now, in this moment... 
can make the most of each other's energy, of each other's ideas, of each other's kindness and thoughts. And now is perfect. Now is all we need. Mm. We're, we're blessed to have this moment in time that we can now go and share with other people and tell other people we had a great conversation. See, I don't have to kind of crowbar this and bash it and jimmy it back into shape for being an internet marketing or, or even an SEO podcast because these things are crucial there's there's so many things in seo mm-hmm. any listeners who, who tuned in for seo stuff here it is in a little <laughs> nugget there's so many things with seo that that just become planning and just become analysis and just become mm. trawling through data uh, ultimately you, you that there is a place for that but you just got to get on with it you just got to do stuff because if mm-hmm. you're trying to you know, raise raise yourself above competitors or find your niche in the market. You're not going to do it by pontificating. You need oh, to focus on the now, right mm-hmm. now, and just do something. Be be active in some way. It doesn't have to be the right way, because you'll find that if you're suffering from, um, I'm trying to think of a business coach phrase that I've heard from several business coaches: uh, analysis paralysis. Yeah. If if you're suffering from that, then your competitors probably are. And you don't have to do much. You don't have to change the world. You just have to try a little harder. <laughs> yes. Is, yeah. and do, but do it now, right now, right now. Well, what's carry on best... listening to the rest of this podcast, of course. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what's the best thing you can do in, the, in that moment? And sometimes, especially when you're talking about uh, marketing, it seems like a huge mountain to climb. Well, I've got to do content and then I've got to check my, you know, have I put my right stuff onto Google and, and am I um, optimised on LinkedIn and where am I? There's millions of things you could do. But exactly what you just said is choose one thing and do it now. And we might get it wrong and we will get it wrong. There's, there's you know, things that I've done like cringe at over the years. But, you know, if you don't try and get it out there, you're never going to learn. If somebody <laughs> told me a cringe is just a sign you've become better. Because ah. you, you wouldn't care, would you? If, if you were the same person, you wouldn't cringe at something you'd done in the past. I love that. That's, um, I'm going to take that one. Thank you. But <laughs> yeah, in, in terms of SEO digital marketing, I'm going to linger on that just for a minute, mm. just for... Um, Try and do roughly what it says on the tin here. Okay. <laughs> trying to trying to do SEO and digital marketing correctly and trying to get everything correct is like when you have a young child that you're trying to convince to go to sleep. That child will always be, I can't go to sleep till I have this pillow. I can't go to sleep until you've read a story. I can't go to sleep. And that list will never end. If you mm-hmm. try and achieve that list, you'll have you just your child will never ever sleep. You have to get to the point and you have to say, yeah. you need to go to sleep now. You know, that list has to end. You have to have a finite point. And yeah, digital marketing is the same. You're not going to do it all. Mm -hmm. You could have, you could, I was telling a client the other day that you could have a thousand monkeys with a thousand computers in a warehouse working 24 hours a day and they would never do everything that's possible. Yeah. You just can't. It's it's just, so you, you look at how much resource you have and you, you, I don't really like the phrase work smarter, not harder, because you should Mm. work harder at the smart stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. in my opinion, I'm not. I'm not kind of laying my my theory on anyone else. But um, yeah, it's that. It's, it's doing good stuff. I, I, I derailed it, myself there. I think ooh, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. But no, it's it's given me a really good idea because one of the things I find as a business coach talking to people is they don't bother the planning stage. And when you've planned something, like when I teach people to write their books, you know, the plan is so important. Mm. And when you've got that plan and that strategy going, and you know you're happy with that, then you don't have to think about what am I going to do now. You just go back to the plan, and it tells mm. you. And and then you go, okay, I don't really want to do that, but you know, I'm going to do that now because I'm going to do something rather than the procrastinate. You just so so many people that do marketing, it's scattergunning, isn't it? It's like um, 
I, you know, I suffer from myself, bright, shiny object syndrome. Oh, absolutely. There's yeah. a new bit of software. I'm just going to check that because that will make my life so much easier. And then you start on it and you realise, actually, you've got to spend two weeks learning it before yeah. it's going to make your life easier. And then something so, else comes along. <laughs> always. Yeah. I, I get told off. I've got what I call the dream team um, helping me out, looking after me. And they will giggle if they listen to this, when they listen to this podcast. Um, because they just, I go, oh, girls, what about no? No, <laughs> we're doing this now, Jill. <laughs> just, we need to finish <laughs> we're, we're, something. <laughs> yeah, so we have a little list of things Jill wants to do when, one day um, and every so often we get a little gap and we, then we start looking at things. I, I think having that list as quite long is brilliant. We use Trello for everything, which is I a project management Trello. system. Yes. And every single client, the, I'm not using the rule we here. I'm, I'm quite public about the fact I work with some lovely freelancers we we've it's collaboration actually that's exactly what it is they're not my they're not my underlings they're not my subordinates they're they're my peers and every single client we work with we have this stack so you know a list of tasks in in trello called future work or future ideas and as long as that list is much longer than any other stack or any other list on the board i think we're doing okay it doesn't mean you have to do those things Mm. because the longer that list becomes, the more you can start to see patterns in it. And you were talking about finding your, you didn't call it your genius zone, but finding that mm. kind of, ah, that's the thing I like. Yes. And if you keep a long list of things that you want to do, you will start to see patterns. You go, do you know what? I keep putting things on there that are related to making a video, for example. Yeah. Let's, let's take that as a sign that we do actually want to make a video. Let's take it off the shiny objects list and actually kind of plan yeah. it properly. That's a really good idea. I like the idea. Yeah, because you don't, patterns is something that you guys probably see a lot more of when you're doing It's like the matrix with all the lines kind of Yeah. (laughs) See, my brain doesn't work like that. I look at that. It's like, if you give me a spreadsheet, people go, oh, I love a good spreadsheet. I'm like, oh no, it's just too much information. I I like this focus and this is what I'm doing. Tell me what to do and I'll get it done. Mm. Um, But having um, that Trello board, as you say, where you can see the patterns coming up, I think that's a really... If, if you're not using Trello now, go out and it's brilliant. Absolutely love it. So it, It's fantastic. And, and obviously that's with the caveat that works for us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it it exactly. wouldn't work for, you know, we're all different. My sister see things, sees the world and the business world in a very black and white way. And that, that would just right. frustrate her that there was a lot of things not, not getting done. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, no, so it's, it's, it's whatever works for you. In fact, I'd love to hear more about what other, how other people kind of deal with a shiny object kind of syndrome mm. i think it's it's a really interesting thing and it tends to be a sign in my limited experience of someone who is just some bursting with creativity and excitement that i don't want to dampen it down i want to hear it i was like yeah give me all your craziness give me give me whatever ideas you've got give me the the least feasible ideas you have in your head because when you speak to people and th- this is a collaboration thing again when you speak mm. to people and say tell me your most bonkers idea it's surprising how often someone in the room will say yeah, i did that last week you've just yeah. got to do this 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 and people will be like what i can do that yeah yeah i love that i mean that's part of our community so we meet on a monthly basis and it is that we allow ourselves to be crazy so people will say i want to eradicate world hunger or you know so many different things and we kind of go Ooh, so how are we going to do that then mm. and what do you need and how can we help um and it's just there is nothing that is too bizarre or what is seemingly impossible because at the end of the day, if you make an impact on one person or 10 or 50, looking towards your dream where you actually want to impact millions, that's good enough for today. 
You know? Absolutely. So, Everything needs a start, doesn't it? Everything needs a seed. Yes. And you don't have to plant the seed yourself. So I'm being really analogous. Is that the right uh, word? Is that, you just made it up. I like it. That's I, fine. I just, it sounds <laughs> it's like a, real a word now. painkiller now. Um, <laughs> no, it's distal Jesus or anal Jesus. Anyway, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, oh. Kind of inspiring people to kind of be slightly bonkers. The, the message that I originally sent you, Jill, is one that, I've sent to lots of people, you know, it, it's, I'm in a very active phase for, for trying to, well, just trying to meet interesting people. Mm. And the message I send out is, what was the one thing you would do if only you could? Mm. And the reason I ask that is the, re- the replies fascinate me. A disappointing number of people say fly. Oh, okay. And I think they think they're being funny oh, until okay. I reply and ask if they, I say, do you mean aided or unaided? And at which point they then, laugh and then disappear or they just disappear or some people get really cross with me actually oh. which i don't really fully understand <laughs> my, well my message says I, I i build work you know i build my business on relationships if you think we'd get along well then let's talk so people get angry with me and i just say well i think i think this has that proved says, itself hasn't it <laughs> it you, says more cross, about them doesn't it than yeah, it does you, about you yeah. if you're cross with me we're probably not going to do magical no, things together it's, no. it's not a good start i'm i'm desperately trying to i was trying to cheat then and see what you responded with you wanted remember. to play the piano oh yes yeah that was what yeah. you said you said you wish you could play the piano yeah i have a piano sitting in my living room have you had lessons um, no, I haven't. Um, although I very nearly did an online course recently, but I thought, where the hell am I going to fit it into my day? I, I will make a short video for you after I've done this podcast, yeah. which, which is just just for you. And it's a trick that a friend of mine was shown by one of those people who plays piano in a hotel foyer. Ah. And it's how anybody can make it look like they play the piano and can be tuneful. Oh. I, I won't go on with it i won't go into details Wonderful. now but it's it's i'll send that to you because see oh, look how, how did this how did that come about we started off trying to well me trying to like jimmy the shimmy the oh yeah <laughs> crowbar the conversation towards digital marketing and i've ended up telling you that that you can play the piano Jill. i will play the piano by, by yeah, five I'm, o'clock today you okay. will be sitting at the piano <laughs> playing a tune Lovely. Well, we the piano has was bought for our children, so now they're grown up and left home. But I can't get rid of the piano because it's too beautiful, and I love the sound. So when their friends come around who are very adept uh, musicians, um, I make them play so that I can sing. So that's my thing. I love singing. Um, but uh, all this lockdown, everyone was you know going out buying puppies and things, um, and I just was <laughs> googling and uh, <laughs> found the piano guy. Uh, who was amazing um and I very nearly went with him but then logic said to me Jill you haven't got a lot of time but maybe at some point I will and he talks about a trick to um learn you know so many chords um etc etc and then you can get a tune out of that so I quite liked the easy way and not going down the old route of piano teacher there's two there's two two schools of thought with music well in my experience I've been playing in band since I was I'm trying to work out how many years, I don't know, 30 years. And I can read music by going, every good boy deserves football. That's an F. That's about as as well as I can do. And I've made, I don't know, six or seven albums. And I've sung on provided vocals, not sung. I'm not really a singer. And I'm not being modest. You know, some people go, I can't really sing. No, dogs dogs are troubled within the neighbourhood. But um, I had a, I had a 
a good friend come around who's a very gifted piano teacher. And I said, look, you know, I've been playing music. I've played guitar, bass. As we're recording this, I've got a big old synth behind me. And I've been doing all these things for all these years. I'd like to actually have musical ability. I'd like to be able to play the piano properly. And we had a lesson. He was with me about an hour and a half. And in the end, he sort of sighed and he looked at me. He said, you know what? He said, if you learn the correct way, you're going to end up sounding like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I realised that it's it's more important. It's a very liberating thing for a lot of musicians. It's more important to make a tune that amuses you and gives you a few minutes distraction mm. than it is to obsess about being on the main stage at Glastonbury yeah. or whatever. So my method, yeah. you might not have people in tears as they walk past your house because of the emotional depth of... <laughs> you might do. That would be great. <laughs> But you, I, you, I will give you the, I will Thank give you. you the gift of a few moments of amusement for yourself. Fantastic, and of course, you know Lionel Richie can't read music, so it's not oh. always an essential <laughs> to you know get out there and, and plink away at the keys. Well, so. I learned through collaboration. Just to put this in a neat circle, I've just tried to tell them we've been talking as well. Okay. And just to put this in a neat circle, I learned all my musicianship by by standing in a room with other musicians and collaborating. Ah. So there you go. There's there's my neat. A well, robberous or- kind of end to the circle. An orchestra is the best collaboration ever. Well, there you go. I, do you know, I like that. I'm going to put that on the uh, show notes as the little the little image. An orchestra yeah. is the best collaboration ever. Yeah. So I'm saying it again to myself, which the listeners don't, <laughs> don't really need to hear, but there you go. So um, I really appreciate your time. It's, it's been absolutely fascinating. I think I'd probably like to, I, think I would like to get you on my, my other podcast, my Andrew Culture podcast yeah. as well, just because... This has Why been me fun. Up, set me off. I love talking. I could be here all <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so before we go, how can people find out more about Collaboration Global? Okay. Well, there's a little old website as usual, um, collaborationglobal.org. Um, or you can hang out with me and just go jill at collaborationglobal.org and send me a little email for more information. Or you can go to our Facebook group, which is Being Human. Our three values uh, for Collaboration Global is love, um, human being first, and collaboration. Cool. So. That would also work well for robots. Uh. <laughs> I'm trying now. I've sort of it, it reminded me of Asimov's first rule of robotics, oh. which is something that I've completely forgotten. There is, if anyone listening to this, it's quite. It's a really famous kind of set of rules. Do you know what? We can do what we want here, Jill. We're not being marked by anyone. I'm going to look up Asimov's first rule. Of, Go for um, it, yeah. And I'm going to read it and we'll, we'll end on that. So Asimov's first. Oh, that's fantastic. So for us, human being first, we say we don't care whether you're tall or short or fat or thin or gay or straight or black or white or sky blue pink. Whatever your ability, disability, it doesn't matter. You are a human being first. Ergo, we love you. That's, and, that's brilliant. And because of that, we have this state, a bit like eBay, that you get five stars when you start and you lose them if you're not good at what you do. We say that because we love you, because we are all connected across the planet and we all owe it to each other to help each other because we are a species on this planet together, um, we respect you and we trust you. And it's up to you to, or each other to build on that and, and see where we go and see what we can create together. That is a wonderful conclusion that I'm now going to sully by reading the three laws of robotics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
we I've need to know. I've looked them up. Asimov is is a he's kind of one of the um, the kids are called the OGs of of sci-fi. He's kind of one of the the very first. And his three laws of robotics are a robot. The first law is a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Mm-hmm. Again, for humans, don't hurt anyone and don't let someone 100%. become hurt. That's yes. that works. Lovely. The second one is where it falls apart, kind of trying to align oh. it with, with a collaboration group. A robot <laughs> must obey the orders given to it by human beings, mm. except where the orders would conflict with the first law. Okay. And as I've committed to two of the three, I might as well read the third. You now. have to, yeah. A robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Mm. We're on shaky ground there. I think I'll. Okay, I'll, I'll, that was I'll a good there. idea. I think it you was win. A good idea. If, if we were going to have a competition for kind of best summary, I think I think I'll stick with Jill's. Just, just <laughs> if you're listening to this, just rewind a few seconds, stop it, and stop. we'll just yeah, pretend that's, that's we'll, we'll pretend that's the end. <laughs> Okay, Jill, this is this has been super duper. I am gonna say goodbye now. Would you like to say goodbye? Oh, I'd love, love to say goodbye. Thank you very much for having me. I've had an absolute ball. Um, you've brought some sunshine into my day. And thank you for allowing me to share what Collaboration Global is all about. It's been brilliant. Super duper. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks, Jill. I really appreciate it. Cheers, Andrew.